It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Detroit Lions, the New York Jets, the Washington Commanders, and the Denver Broncos. Do these teams have legitimate playoff chances? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Ultimate NFL Preview. I'm Kainani Stevens. This is a seven-part series detailing the biggest questions, misconceptions, and storylines from all eight divisions. You'll get insight and analysis from our local Locked On hosts that know these teams better than anyone else in every single episode. So find out where your teams and favorite players stack up from a division perspective and a national perspective. You can find all seven episodes on Locked On NFL YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. The Ultimate NFL Preview is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash Locked On NFL and use code Locked On NFL for a first deposit match of up to 100 The conversation up for debate in this episode with so much playoff turnover from last year, which team in each division has the best chance of making the playoffs after they missed the playoffs last season? A division that definitely underperformed last season, but they've made huge strides in the offseason is the NFC South. Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, James Yarko of Locked On Bucks, Julian Council of Locked On Panthers and Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints are here. James, let's start with the defending champs. I think it's kind of going to be the default answer everywhere. It's the New Orleans Saints, right? They added Derek Carr. That's an upgrade over what they had at quarterback. Even with the Alvin Kamara suspension, you're really not going to lose a whole lot in the running game because some great additions there. Still have a really solid defense. Yeah, I think the defense kind of got slept on a little bit because the team overall wasn't performing well. So, I mean, I think the Saints are in a pretty solid situation. So if it's not going to be the Bucs, I would say it's New Orleans. Julian, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, we've, we've <laughs> talked about it before in a past episode, how Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the division. And we see simply sometimes the NFL comes down to head coach and quarterback. Now, I feel like they have the best head coach or sorry, quarterback, but head coach is still a question mark there in New Orleans mm-hmm. with Dennis Allen. Now, let's not forget three teams last year were seven and ten. So it's not like the Carolina yep. Panthers and Atlanta Falcons are out of this either now for Carolina it's hard for me to go with them considering new coach new scheme new quarterback who of course is a rookie I would say it's New Orleans and honestly I don't think people should be sleeping on Atlanta I know they finally fixed their cap situation um Arthur Smith thought he was great in Tennessee Carolina guys so I can't hate on him at all Ritter I th- think he has potential and they're going to be able to run the football it's just going to stop anyone on defense they brought in some veterans like Jesse Bates I, I think the Falcons I would not be surprised if behind New Orleans, I would say probably Atlanta would be the team that I would not be surprised. They are the ones that end up winning, making to the playoffs this year after not making it last year, really being competitive the last couple of seasons. Aaron, what's your perspective? Do you feel like Ritter and Bijan can get them back to the postseason this year? Yes, I do. I think the Falcons are the, are the clear pick here. At, you know, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit biased there, but it, it's it's weird because Julian never the says nice things about pick. the clear pick. What he, ne- he never says nice things about the Atlanta Falcons, so I'm a little thrown off my game here. But I think I think when you look at the Falcons with the improvements they made it on defense, they have the best offensive line. They have the best running game. Their weapons are just as good with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and what they're going to do this season as anybody else in the division. I think the Falcons are the pick here because they're the most balanced team. The Saints, yes, they have 
the proving quarterback, but Derek Carr is not that much better than any of the other quarterbacks in this division. You know, Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, I don't really buy into their coaching. This is going to be the worst offensive line that's been in New Orleans in like 15 years. This is probably going to be the worst defense the Saints have had in like five years. So I, I'm not really buying stock on the, on the New Orleans Saints. Ross, can you take the barrage? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, it's so weird. I've just never heard Aaron say so many incorrect things at one time. <laughs> that was wild. Worst offensive line in 15 years. It's the same offensive line that's been here since like 2018, dude, outside of one change and so it, it's such a that's just that one kind of took me aback by surprise and i'm very surprised to hear the idea that like the defense is going to drop off because the i mean as i stand in training camp every day the defense is the strength so you want to talk about balance the Orleans saints invested so much in their offense they are uh, continuously invested in their defense nothing's changed about their defense this was a team that barely fielded its defense last year their entire five starters in the secondary never took a single snap together now they're set to at least play one snap together here in 2023 that one kind of took me by surprise i was just about to say some nice things about the atlanta falcons too because i think that the the new orleans saints are if I can borrow your term, Aaron, if it means what I think it means, the clear choice here <laughs> as the team that's going to be the ones that didn't go to the playoffs last year that will go to the playoffs this year. But I wouldn't sleep on Atlanta either. And it's really not even about the offense. I don't, for me, it's the offense in Atlanta that I don't buy. It's the defense that I do and the work that they've done there. The additions of guys like Calais Kane, well, as Julius mentioned, Jesse Bates bringing in uh, David Onyemata. We'll see which version of David Onyemata they get there. Caden Ellis, they brought over from New Orleans as well. Their new defensive coordinator and Ryan Nielsen. I like a lot of what they've done, not just because they're former New Orleans Saints, but guys like Jesse Bates and Calais Campbell and others that they've invested in. AJ Terrell is one of the best young corners in the league, not just in the division. And so I, I think that it's really the defense for Atlanta that if they can finally get that side of the ball right, which they just like have ignored for years and years and years, then all of a sudden they're a team that let's say let's say the New Orleans Saints do win the division. I could see Atlanta as a wild card team or vice versa, potentially being, you know, in a weak conference two teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, making the playoffs this year. If this isn't the Jets, will it all be worth it? Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins, Joe Marino of Locked on Bills, Mike DeBate of Locked on Patriots, and John Butchko of Locked on Jets are here. Mike, which team from the AFC East makes the leap? Well, I would love to be a homer and say the New England Patriots, but if I'm betting with my heart, as much as it pains me to say this, it is the New York Jets. I do believe that they are primed right now to make that leap because of the Aaron Rodgers factor. It just elevates both offense and it elevates the defense as well. They know that they're going to be putting up points, and that puts a lot less pressure on a very young, very talented defense in New York. So I think right now their abilities on both sides of the ball put them in great position to be able to make a playoff run this year. And I think they do it. John, do you take a compliment well? Do you do you agree? I agree with everything Mike said. The Jets are set up to have a great season. I mean, look, the question is which team is most likely to make the playoffs that missed it last year. Last year, the Jets had a borderline top five defense, and they missed the playoffs because of their quarterback play. They just added a future Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, I think that that, you know, that they just they addressed the biggest weakness they have in the biggest way possible. So I think you, you know, I'm obviously not the most objective person when it comes to this question, but I think it's the jets. I, I think that we'll finally see the longest playoff drought in the four major sports come to an end this year. I was waiting for that comment. Someone had to mention that it's the longest playoff drought out there. And so uh, John was the one to remind us all of that. I think it has to be the jets. And, and like everyone's pointed out, the upgrade at quarterback is so significant. 
from Joe Flacco slash Mike White slash Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that is huge. And it's an, up, it's an upgrade, not just for the football team, but like the most important position in sports. They got a, a legitimate answer to go with that defense and, you know, some reinforcements for their skill players and a young backfield in, in an offensive line that has some returning players that have been injured. I think that that it really comes down to the Patriots or the Jets because the Dolphins and Bills, they went to the dance last year. I feel like it's definitely the Jets. Well, and I would I would agree out of those two teams, I, I favor the Jets for their outlook for this season. But New England is like kind of this interesting wild card. And Mike, I'm sure you would agree that they play high floor football where mm-hmm. they they aspire to win all of the game management situations and they weren't particularly good in situational football last year. And that's really what bit them down the stretch. You think about that Raiders game. I know there was another late season game where uh, kind of the way that they were able to handle situational football allowed the games to slip through the cracks for them, but they play high floor football. They traditionally run the ball particularly well. I think they have a significantly better offensive line than what the jets do. When you look at the jets offensive tackle situation right now, now we'll see if Elijah Vera Tucker ends up playing offensive tackle, which feels like it's kind of open-ended. Then, you know, I think the jets can make things interesting for that conversation, but they're going to run the ball. They got Bill O'Brien. You know Bill Belichick with a defense, winning the turnover battle if they're better. But situational football, I could see this being a, a nine-win nine football team this year. The problem is I see the Jets as a double-digit win football team. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with everybody with the Jets, but I'd be remiss to not at least acknowledge the Patriots here as a team with just who they've tried to be. They enter every game with a smaller margin for error probably because of the upside mm-hmm. of their offense scoring a lot of points, but they also give themselves a reasonable chance to win just about every football game they're going to play. Will things stay status quo for the NFC West? Doug McCain of Locked on Rams, Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks, Brian Peacock of Locked on 49ers, and Alex Clancy of Locked on Cardinals are here to break down the NFC West. Brian, who's your pick? Oh, that's difficult because I don't think either team that missed the playoffs <laughs> has a very good shot at all at making the playoffs. I think you would have to say the Rams and look, they won a Super Bowl on a Stars and Scrubs roster, but this goes to another level of Stars and Scrubs. Um, well-coached football team. They've got some stars at some pretty important positions, right? If Matthew Stafford's back post-arm injury to being the guy that he once was and uh, Cooper cup is back after his injury and being that guy that they look to on almost every single snap. And they're going to have to use him and ride him as, as hard as possible. And of course, Aaron Donald, the best defensive player of, of this generation right now, that's, that's, that's pretty good, but the rest of it is not good. And there are some names of guys that if we started reading off some of the names of the players on the, on the Rams defense right now, you'd think I made some of them up. And if I did make some up, you probably wouldn't know which ones are real and which ones are fake. Um, So that's a difficult task for either one of these football teams right now. But if you have to pick one between the Cardinals and the Rams, I'm going to say Rams. Corbin, what's your perspective on it? Yeah, I guess I'm a little higher on the Rams. I understand Brian's argument with the defense. I saw the projected starting lineup today on a couple of different websites for the depth chart. Again, if I read off all those names, I agree with Brian. You wouldn't know who some of these guys are. wonder if they were real. But at the same time, Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I almost wonder if the Rams might be able to do what the Seahawks did to an extent last year, where they kind of sneak up on people when nobody thinks they're going to be able to be competitive. I can't say that about the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray out for a while, still come back from the ACL injury, the losses they've had. That feels like a team that's going to be competing for the number one pick. So by default, the Rams, I think, are going to be a much better team in that regard. 
I don't know if they actually have a chance to make the playoffs with all the new faces they have, but they do have the star power still if they can keep those players like Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald healthy. They've got the stars to be able to at least be competitive enough to maybe make a push for a wild card spot. Doug, do you feel like some of those concerns are valid or do you feel like once they get back out there, it'll they'll be able to return to maybe some success? Oh, no, those concerns are absolutely valid. I mean, you talk about 36 rookies. You pretty much had to have Hello, My Name is name tags for the start of training camp because there were so many new faces. But the reality, like you mentioned, is you still have those pillars, those weight-bearing walls, as Lesney likes to call them, and Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford. If you can guarantee me 17 games with that core and you have this young defense, at least someone on that defensive line, if they continue to emerge, they find someone at the edge rusher spot, I think there is a chance they could be a surprise team. I mean, in 2017, they were coming off a 4-12 and season. No one expected them to do much. They go 11-5. and And I also think you bring up a fantastic point, Corbin, in that you got Sean McVay. Not only do you have Sean McVay, you have a re-energized, reinvigorated Sean McVay that's still out to prove that he has a team that's capable of making the playoffs. Now, it's going to be very difficult, but I mean, look, like you said, it's a quarterback and, and coaches league, and there's not a lot of better quarterback and coach duos in the NFL. The NFC isn't particularly strong this year. I think there is a chance that they could make the playoffs, but also thing too if you look at this team right now what makes them so fascinating and intriguing is there's such a wide margin of outcomes they could sneak into the playoffs they can also get a high draft pick you just don't know because there's no guarantee that these young players these inexperienced players are going to emerge and that the rest of these guys are going to stay healthy but i think there is a pretty decent chance that at the, they get through that first half of that schedule that's just very brutal if you get out of that schedule around 500, maybe you can find a way to sneak into the playoffs but it's going to be a very challenging year but i know inside that building they think they can Alex, do you have a pitch for us, or do you agree? Ain't no way either of these teams making the playoffs. But <laughs> there we go. If you had to pick one, it would be the Rams. You, you're looking at two teams that are reaping what they've proverbially sowed, and they did it completely different ways. The Rams went for it and were a cover zero, bad Todd Bowles call away from not getting out of Tampa Bay, ended up winning a Super Bowl, was the best thing that happened for the NFC West because then they could just let everybody go. And then when Arizona – you know, Steve Kime for 10 years. So now it's something that both teams are starting to rebuild in different ways for different reasons. But to answer the question specifically, it would be the Rams because of their star-studded uh, talent up top. Coming up, an AFC South division that could end in many ways. And things get pretty testy in the AFC North. Will you be Team Browns or Team Steelers? That's next on the Locked On Ultimate NFL Preview. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. This is the perfect opportunity to look at those Super Bowl long shots. If you think Geno Smith can lead the Seahawks to the Super Bowl, that's at plus 3,500. Or can Derek Carr get the Saints to the big game at plus 4,000? Even the Los Angeles Rams may be rekindling their magic at plus 6,500. Plus, all customers who bet $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The AFC South wasn't decided until the last week of the season. So what about this season? John Hickman of Locked On Texans, Zach Hicks of Locked On Colts, Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans, and Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jags weigh in on each team that missed the playoffs last season and which one will make it this year. Tyler, let's start with you and the Titans, who came oh so close last year. I I see John Hickman, lock on Texans over there, pointing at himself. Not a chance on this one. I I think the Texans will be improved. They'll battle. They'll be competitive. But come on now. This is obviously the Tennessee Titans. The Titans were 7-3 and last year before the team was absolutely decimated by injuries. 34 players on injured reserve led the NFL The Titans went on a seven-game losing streak that was fake. It was fraudulent. And even with their backup, backup, backup quarterback, practice squad player from the Lions, Josh Dobbs at quarterback, they were one terrible fumble call away from sending (laughs) the golden boy Trevor Lawrence and the magical Jaguars packing before they ever even got into the playoffs. Josh Dobbs, one bad call away from taking out Jacksonville in Jacksonville for the playoffs, if the Titans have a modicum, a modicum of health this year, they are absolutely going back to the playoffs. It, it was it was lucky for the Jaguars in the division that the Titans missed last year because of the injury. So absolutely, the Titans are this answer. Tell the truth, everybody. Tell the truth. Uh, you know what, Tyler? <laughs> I agree. Oh, I agree. So here's the thing, and Wig is down there. He's not feeling it. Here's the thing right now. If Tannehill is healthy, they're going to, of course, lean on that run game. But bringing in a DeAndre Hopkins, I think, does so much for uh, Burt on the other side. Uh, I like the pickup of Chris Moore that you guys had. The defense is still going to be good. I'm not sure about that offensive line. That's one thing I, I can't wait to see. But overall, if we go back to last year, Tannehill out, Josh Dobbs was in, and they still barely lost that game. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what what y'all head coach do for the offense because I can't trust that no more. But you're absolutely right. If there is a team in this division that didn't make the playoffs last year, that has a chance to do it, I'm putting my money on Derrick Henry to uh, run that team right down to the playoffs if they are healthy, if they are healthy. Zach, are you thinking the same thing, or do you have someone else in mind? You know, I'm I'm not going to be very uh, conflicted here on uh, on any of these topics. You know, I'm I'm like Switzerland in this whole conversation. I just <laughs> group together. You know, yeah, the Colts are just kind of taking a step back this year. We're chilling. You know, we we could be a dark horse team if the young quarterback ends up getting up to speed faster than what you expect. And, you know, with his rushing ability, he could get there, and they still have some talent. But at the end of the day, it's the Tennessee Titans for me as well. I just think the Colts and the Texans are kind of in the early stages of being that type of playoff team. And when you look at the Tennessee Titans, I think the one thing you can always say about them which 
is to, it's, it sucks for, for all of us, but it's so true. They are just cockroaches. That's all they are. They, they just never die. They, they are always alive. Like for, like they could have a million injuries. <laughs> yeah, they, they could have a million injuries. They could be kicking 40% from field goal throughout the whole season. They could have no offensive line. They could have no quarterback and they're still going to make it a game. I don't know if that's all Mike Vrabel. I don't know if that's just whatever they're eating before the game or whatever, but these are just bugs that don't die. That's what the Tennessee Titans are. So I can never really count them out of being a 10-win team, even in a season like last year where every single player was hurt. Their whole offensive line goes down. Every defender goes down. They're still in it in the last week of the season. Uh, they're a well-coached football team. They always somehow are in there. Uh, so, yeah, I can never really truly count the Tennessee Titans out. I, I appreciate the uh, cockroach reference. Um, <laughs> that, that, that was like – Right on time. It almost gave me too much to follow up. But let me tell you, I was going to choose the Titans, right? Until Tyler started talking. And he kept going and kept going with all of this other stuff. So the thing is, he's almost like that dude who asked you to borrow money. You say, okay. But then when you go to get it, he lies to you like, nope, I'm not going to do it now. Because you you talked your way out (laughs) of these voting for the Titans. So now, because I don't like you very much, I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to say that that kid, is they're going to figure out a way to get Jonathan Taylor in camp. And then that kid is going to do some read option. He's going to dump the ball to those big receivers. And I think they still have enough players to play on defense. So now I'm going with the Colts and not the Titans. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ah, he's lying. <laughs> he is lying. It's only easy. Tyler, after this show, he probably DM you and tell you, I'm only saying that because we're on camera, because I don't believe no way that he thinks the Colts got a shot over Tennessee. I, Look, think we got I like a the hostility either way. I don't care if it's forced. It, it's like when they tell you, my pleasure at Chick-fil-A. It may be fake, but it still feels good. So I like disagreeing with Tony Wiggins on this one. This one could get a little testy. Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns, Jake Liskow of Locked On Bengals, Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, and Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens are here. Chris, let's start with you. Which team will finish last in this division? I mean, they were an edge away from making it last year, and they missed the best defensive player in the NFL for two whole months. So I think that they're in a position where, A, they're healthier than they were at the start of last last season. B, they've added a lot of talent, whether it was Patrick Peterson, Isaac Seomalu, who looks great on the offensive line. They've had a really strong rookie class who's been following that up with a really strong camp, and I thought a really good at least first preseason game. We still have a lot to see from them, but a lot of things are tracking to the Steelers being a significantly better team, especially depth wise compared to last year when they had injuries last year they were really thin at times that you know and they didn't have guys who could replace tj watt now there's no guy that replaces him but with marcus golden and rookie nick herbig they have at least guys who will be a lot better than the backup edge rushers they had last year coming in so even if they miss tj watt for a game or two i think they can survive that a lot better than they did last year the steelers i think have won only nine percent of the games they've played without tj watt they win 69 percent of the time when he is playing that shows just his impact on the field. But with that, if I was to pick one of the two teams here that would make the playoffs, I would pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're further along uh, in, in a lot of, in a lot of respects compared to last year. And again, they were nine and eight last year, and they had a lot of things working against them. I think they're going to be significantly better this year. Jeff, what's your pitch for Cleveland turning it around? Let's start here. Um, let's see. New defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that has been you know honored, lauded 
Tennessee, Detroit, Buffalo, Philadelphia won a Super Bowl championship there. You added two veteran safeties through free agency. You added two veteran defensive ends. You added two veteran defensive tackles now with the Shelby Harris sign this last week. You you know drafted defensive tackle. Um, you also drafted another defensive end. Um, this team just had two second-year defensive ends go under the knife. Um, both players will be out probably maybe around the bye week. And it's not really an issue for this team. It's not really an issue for this team. That's how much depth they have at the defensive end position currently. Um, so far through two preseason games, week one, it was 2.8 yards per carry the opposition had. Last week, it was four yards per carry. Granted, still not all the guys out there just yet. This defense is going to be vastly, vastly improved. Um, and, you know, you factor in, you know, the newness of the offense and now where they are now transitioning to a team that throws the ball more often than not. And this is something the Browns really weren't about the last few years. But they also have the personnel to do that. You bring in a player like Elijah Moore. Kevin Stefanski in his infancy early days with the Minnesota Vikings. They drafted a player like Percy Harvin. And it wasn't about what routes this, that, and the other thing. is about how do we get the ball in his hands and how often can we get the ball in his hands. So you look at this, if you're defensive playing against the Browns, you know, Amari Cooper's a player you want to take away. Well, you can't really do that because you have Elijah Moore, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, you have David Njoku, and then there's still Nick Chubb toting the rock for this team. This team should be vastly, vastly improved than it was last year. The Vikings were the only team in the NFC North to make the playoffs last season. So which team in the NFC? NFC North that missed last year will make it this year. Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers, Matt Derry of Locked On Lions, Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears, and Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. We'll start with the division champion Vikings. Luke, who do you feel like of the three have the best chance to make the playoffs this year? I don't think there's much controversy over this one. I think the Bears and Packers are both sort of in this this incubator moment where they're not really even asking their fans to expect you know championship excellence there hey look this they're, they're coming out and saying jordan love might not come along till the middle of the season you know ryan poles is still very much building something over the long term but the lions are here and it's time for them to, i mean they're the favorite to win the division in vegas right now they are built the way that they are intended to be built this is no longer a work in progress this is what the lions were building let's see what it can do and i think that has to make them the most likely lauren can you make a pitch for chicago right now yeah, the the Bears can make the playoffs if everything goes well. Like if everything comes together the way they envision it to and the development and acceleration of their young players takes the kind of path that they hope it will, this is a team that like has the foundational pieces there to come together and go on a surprise a surprise playoff run. The problem is just that typically in the NFL not everything goes exactly the way you want it to and some of the guys that you hope are going to get better don't ultimately end up getting better. But if you check all those boxes and then everybody that you're looking for takes that next step forward, this certainly has the potential to be a playoff team. But like Luke said, it feels like the plan is really like 2024 to be the big push year. Like like looks like where everything is together the way they want it to and anything they can do this year is a little bit of a bonus. Peter, is it realistic to think in the first year with Jordan Love that they're going to be able to make the postseason? Well, that's what makes the quarterback discussion so interesting about the quarterbacks in this division. And and, and what I have been saying all offseason is Aaron Rodgers, if you watched him last year, was just not an above average player. And all of the underlying metrics support that. The film supports that. And you can make excuses about it. He hurt his thumb. He hurt his ribs. Okay. But that was the productivity that you got. That was the player that you got, and they were still a week 18 game at home against the division rival from making the postseason. If Jordan Love is like the 15th or 14th best quarterback in the league, if he gives them like a, a baseline to even below average Kirk Cousins season, a baseline Jared Goff season, not even Jared Goff last year, 
then I think this can be a playoff team, but that's a big question. Like, is he, is he good enough to do that? Is he capable of doing that with what could be the youngest group of pass catchers we've seen in 20 years outside of the Owen 16 Cleveland Browns? That's what we're looking at right now. If they don't add any players. So that's a pretty big question. I think he can do that. I think the baseline though, the expectation is lower than, than a lot of people might realize precisely because Aaron Rodgers just didn't play to the MVP level that we saw him play at 2020 and 2021. It was much closer to 2018, for example, when guess what? Mike McCarthy got fired and um, people were asking like, is Aaron Rodgers washed? Kai, uh, no, I'll cut you off Kai. I'm sorry, but it'll be a, it'll be a disappointment in this city if the Detroit Lions do not win the division and obviously you win the division, you go to the playoffs. I mean, that, that, those are the expectations. They're, Kind of talking big. The, Dan Campbell is pumping the brakes on, as he said, on day one of training camp, the hype train. But let's be honest, there's talent here. They've added some veterans. Now, if golf, something happens to him, there's a legitimate backup quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. Not that he's some great shakes, but he's eons better than Nate Sudfeld. So to me, looking at the rest of the division, like, and I think Luke said it best, and then Lauren and Pete added to it. I mean, Chicago and Green Bay. You know, there's still questions there, although I like the Packers more than some others. And I think that the Vikings won so many close games, they'll come back down to earth this year, especially with some of the losses they've had on the D-line. So, to me, this is the Lions division. They, they should take advantage. They're going for it now uh, with players like Jonah Jackson up after this year that they might not be able to re-sign. Going and getting Bridgewater and spending $5 million on a backup. Going and getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson for one year. They're going for it, and they better they better do it. Matt, what's it Peter, like? Expectations in Detroit for the first it's time. It's insane. <laughs> I don't know what to do. First Lauren, time since like day. the early nineties. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Peter, so the Packers are the of all the teams in the division, the one I have the hardest time getting a handle on. So, genuine question: outside of the quarterback situation, do you think the Packers are better top to bottom than they were last year? I think they have more talent top to bottom than they did last year. I don't know if they will be better because they're going to be relying on a lot of young players, young players who've shown really well in camp, but it's a ton of young players. So pure talent. Yes. Uh, But in terms of like what they'll be this year, that's so hard to know. Most might, I have like a running bit on locked on Packers. Everydayers will know this. My thing is most rookies are bad. Even if you turn out to be a good player, most rookies are bad. And so counting on rookies, it's a problem. Coming up was the Broncos' failure last season, a one-off. Only one team missed the playoffs in the NFC East, so how does that division shake out? That's next on the Locked On Ultimate NFL Preview. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
We continue our look at what teams in each division that missed the playoffs last season have the best chance to make it this season. The Raiders and Broncos were left out of the playoffs last year, so we're joined by your boy Q of Locked On Raiders, Cody Rourke of Locked On Broncos, Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers. Q, let's start with you and the Raiders. Why could the Raiders make the playoffs this season? I, I don't know. I, I honestly, it, it's funny. It's a funny question because I don't know what to expect from this team. It's something that I've said all all off season and all training camp. Um, I can look at this team and see where things could go bad and they end up winning five games, you know, one less than they did last year. But then I could also see a scenario where things start to click and start to gel and Coach McDaniels is comfortable in year two and he's got his guys in and they win eight or nine, eight or nine games. So if I'm going to say that they're going to make the playoffs, and again, it's just a, it's kind of a big assumption just because there's so much unknown about this team. I would just say that the reason why they would have a shot at it is because Coach McDaniels looks more comfortable. He has his guys. He opens up the playbook now for Jimmy, you know, as opposed to what he was doing with Derek Carr a year ago. He just seems like they're all on the same page and and that they they have the same objective. And and on top of that, I mean, offense is one thing, but the defense is looking like it's making plays. Now, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to say that the 85 Bears and all of a sudden they're going to be some shutout defense, but uh, that's been their Achilles heel for the longest is the fact that their defense has been really bad and they can't create turnovers. And that's something that they've been really focusing in on training camp and preseason. And it just looks like the defense is playing with a sense of, you know, not thinking and just flying around. And so that's a positive. Now, I mean, again, does it result in a bunch of wins throughout the course of the year? I don't know. But I do know that they lost a lot of one-score games a season ago. So if the defense could be worth the salt and step up and actually complement the offense, then I would think that that would be the reason why. So I just think the comfort, comfort, the team being comfortable, Josh McDaniels being comfortable with his personnel and the defense being better would be the reason why the Raiders would make the playoffs in 2023 if in fact they punch the ticket to the playoffs Cody you got a new coach in town a lot of changes does that mean success is immediate this year that's the expectation that Sean Payton has I mean everyone saw the uh the, the interview that he did with USA Today and he said that he'd be pissed if this was not a playoff team and what that told me, and just even talking to Sean Payton, the thing is, is he looks at a lot of things that happened last year with Denver. I mean, Q mentioned it on the Raiders side, how many one-score games they lost. You look at Denver, how many one-score games that they lost. And if they just averaged maybe two or three more points per game, there'd be a different conversation we may be having here today. But ultimately, Sean Payton wants to come in and create a new culture of change. And even though preseason wins and losses don't necessarily matter, Sean Payton wants them to win in the preseason so that they can understand what it's like to win. They got to build that. I mean, the Broncos, unfortunately, since winning Super Bowl 50, you can make the argument that next year they obviously went nine and seven, missed the playoffs. They have not been a winning franchise. They, they've had a losing culture, and that's kind of permeated a little bit through the fan base, and fans are frustrated. The littlest things will derail the fan base. So Sean Payton is a guy who will not let bad things linger, and I think the biggest thing is that he's coming in, and I've seen a noticeable jump and a noticeable change from Russell Wilson since Sean Payton has come in. The Broncos offense should be a little bit more competent in how they run things. Coaching should be better than what they had last year, and it, I think the biggest issue getting in the way of Denver right now, offensive line play inconsistent at times, and also injuries. If these things continue to impact Denver, then I think that maybe it holds them out of the conversation. But if they stay healthy, I do think that Denver could punch their way back into the postseason conversation here. Daniel, did either of these guys convince you which team do you think is most likely to make the postseason that didn't? Oh, I, I think I'd have to go with the Broncos. I mean, I, I'm – 
very familiar with the whole Sean Payton conversation because many Chargers fans wanted the Chargers to get rid of Brandon Staley for Sean Payton. Um, I mean, I think it's a big move by them. I think that defense to me, as someone that's always followed the Chargers, it feels like it's always good and it's always going to give them a chance. If they can get moderately better, like Cody's saying offensively, that should be a very competitive team. So I think if I'm going between the two of those, who's more likely to have to go Broncos? Ryan, who do you think has the chance of being more competitive and turning things around? This division is always going to be about the quarterbacks and the men that hunt them. And that's what it comes down to for me right now. I have questions. I think Vance Joseph is going to be an upgrade on the defensive side. We're going to, we're going to focus on Russ and the offense in Denver, but it's about, can you slow down? Can you make contact with the other quarterbacks? And right now, I feel like the Raiders have the advantage in hunting the other quarterbacks in this division. It gives them a slight edge to me. I'd have to take the Raiders. The NFC East is a bit strange for this conversation because only one team didn't make the postseason. So joined again by Landon McCool of Locked On Cowboys, David Harrison of Locked On Commanders, Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants, and Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles. David, since your team was the only one to miss the playoffs last season, let's start with you. Why will the Commanders make the playoffs this year? Uh, I think the the reason you can believe the most in the Washington Bears potentially making the playoffs this year, despite missing the playoffs last year, is because of the upgrades on the offense. And I think it starts with quarterback Sam Howell. And give me a second, I'll explain that. But it also <laughs> has to do with offensive coordinator, assistant head coach Eric Bieniemy. So going to the quarterback position, this is something that I've kind of been telling Commanders fans, right? Because everybody wants the next Brock Purdy, everybody wants the next Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, even all these things, right? Um, but Sam Howell only needs to be better than the combination of Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. And the three other esteemed hosts on this episode or on this, this segment know how bad that play really was at times last season. We've been saying for two years here in Washington that if this team gets average or better quarterback play, they're a playoff team. And when you look at what Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke did, some good moments certainly, especially from Taylor Heineke, but some really bad moments as well, especially in that Cleveland game that ultimately got them knocked out of the playoffs. If you can play better than that, and if you get better play last year than that, you get one of those wins against the New York Giants at least. You probably beat the Cleveland Browns, and you're in the playoffs because this defense is really what this team is leaning on. Now you go to Eric Bieniemy and his offensive system, and I'm telling you right now, like we saw a little bit in the preseason game against the Cleveland Browns, but what we're seeing in training camp, what we're seeing in some of these installs, this scheme is incredibly fun. And the great thing about Sam Howell so far is he's very even keel, very intelligent, uh, in, his, in his only preseason game, we're only one week into this, right? But his only preseason game, every every catchable pass he threw was completed. Every other pass that wasn't catchable because it was a throwaway. That's exactly what you need from the quarterback position on a team like this that's leaning on defense. And if Sam Howell can continue that play, that's exactly what they've got. Patricia, do you buy that argument? What do you feel like they need to do to make you take them seriously? I think we need to see Sam Howell do it in the regular season on a consistent basis against the other opponents' first-team defense. I mean, look, training camp is a time of hope. You know, there's there's a lot of reason to be optimistic, regardless of who your team is. But it's a whole new ball game when you know the when it starts to count for real. So, no offense, David. No offense to to the Washington Commander fans. Hundred percent you know, correct. Yeah. You got you, you to do it for real. And you know, right now, a lot of teams like I don't know what what the Washington Commanders face, but I know a lot of teams aren't playing their full starters. You know, they want to get a look at some of their depth guys. So, I would take progress with a grain of salt. I mean, it, it, there's something to it, but I'd take it with a grain of salt right now. Do you know the Eagles have had throughout the years some quarterback issues themselves and gone through changes and whatnot? Um, when you hear David talk about 
getting that quarterback play, do you feel like that'll make a big difference for them if they are able to get that? As someone who named their dog after the aforementioned Carson Wentz, I am 100% on board with that. And he can be somebody that loses games for you. And that's really what he did to the commanders at times. And I'm going to look at the commanders and use an analogy here. Let's just say you're running away from the bear or a bear rather. You just have to be faster than somebody behind you, right? I think that's what the Washington Commanders can do because what is the NFC West right now? What is the NFC South? What is the NFC North? Mm. If every team in this division just splits, let's say everybody goes three and three, and the Commanders handle what they have to do outside of the division, why can't all four of these teams make the playoffs, in my opinion? And outside of Jalen Hurts and Dak – all of the quarterbacks are on even playing field, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And with the defense they have, with the offensive weapons, it's the NFC beast right now. I'm I'm not just saying that just because we're sitting here. I mean, the NFC South, who's going to win that division? The Same with the West and the North. I mean, the NFC East is the division that is going to probably represent the NFC in a Super Bowl. Why can't it be one of these four teams? And why can't Washington's defense... If Sam Howell just keeps you in games, be that team. In my opinion, I'm I'm scared to death of that. Me and Lou talk all the time about how good Washington can be, and I echo David's sentiment. If you just get a quarterback that you don't lose games because of, you're going to be in a good spot with this team. Landon, is Eric Bieniemy going to be able to get this offense where they need to be to to, to compete? I mean, I think the thing that that Gino brought up that's that's really important is that this is not a very high bar that Sam Howell's going to have to clear. Mm-hmm. He's got a very, very extremely good, competent offensive coordinator. He's got offensive weapons uh, that to throw to. If he can find time to get the ball out and just handle business on a you know just a bus driver level. This has a this team has a very very good defense that has been waiting for an offense to be paired with it to to kind of go anywhere and I think you know again very good points the NFC is not a strong uh, conference right now so uh, do I think it's likely probably not but do I think that it's it could happen uh, as as well as the same you know kind of odds as a lot of these other teams in these other d- uh, divisions uh, yeah absolutely th- th- there is always going to be chaos in the NFL. There's always going to be multiple completely unexpected storylines. Why couldn't it be Sam Howell being a a revelation for the commanders uh, and this team being a much better uh, football team than we all expected? Now time to get the national perspective and our hosts of Locked On NFL Scouting, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, have studied these rookies. They know who can make the biggest impact and help propel a team into the playoffs this season. So Joe, I think we both agree one playoff team that is going to be different is the NFC North, where Minnesota won a ton of football games last year thanks to situational football. They've made some big personnel shifts that I think probably put their status as uh, the division champions in big-time jeopardy. Uh, Be that the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, I think that seems to be consensus for both of us. Somebody else is going to take the North this year. Yeah, I agree. And that team just might be the Green Bay Packers. I feel really good about their defensive talent. And Matt LaFleur has had a lot of success there as the head coach. And obviously they didn't make the playoffs last year with Aaron Rodgers. So it would be something for Aaron Rodgers to be traded and Jordan Love to take over. And all of a sudden this is a playoff team. But I think that's a possible storyline that could develop this year. 
Uh, Jordan Love's had a really strong preseason. He's obviously uh, paid his dues as the backup there, kind of knows the system. You know, I know the weapons around him are quite young, but if they can lean on that rushing offense, if that defensive talent can really meet the moment, I think Green Bay is a team that can go from not making the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers to winning the division and making the playoffs and playing a home game with Jordan Love. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, I also think that's not the only team, the only division in the NFC where we are going to be looking at a different team as well. You and I are both really high on the New Orleans Saints as a football team this year. They obviously brought in Derek Carr. Uh, there's a lot of buzz around some of the skill players. Chris Olave in year two, Juwan Johnson at tight end is a big buzzy name right now. Uh, they get a chance to get healthy on the defensive side of the football. And look, the division winner last year, Tampa Bay, made it with a losing record. So it's not like there's a super <laughs> high bar here to clear. Yeah. And you and I both agree that if you're just looking at the talent of the roster, the Saints have the best look of the NFC South teams. And that's a team that would not be surprised at all to see win 10, 11 games if they're able to stay healthy this season and play to their potential. Well, you mentioned we've studied the rosters. We think that the Saints have the best roster in that division, but also, you have four teams in that division. Every single one of them is going to have a new starting quarterback yeah. this year. Guess what? Derek Carr's the best one of those four as well. So the best quarterback with the best roster, give me the Saints winning that division and getting to the playoffs this year. How about over on the uh, the AFC side of things? We've studied the rosters, but we've also studied the schedules. Mm-hmm. And a team that's got a really good-looking schedule is the Pittsburgh Steelers, where that whole division is tough. And you understand the AFC North divisional games are going to be a dogfight. But if you look at the rest of the schedule that Pittsburgh has drawn and you understand what the floor of a Mike Tomlin coached football team is, which is eight, eight and one these days, it's like, it's a lock. It's the guarantee of the century. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh getting double digit wins feels like really, really safe assumption to make. And if that's the case, it's not a guarantee that it's going to get you into the dance in the AFC with all of these good football teams, but it's at least the threshold you have to clear to be able to punch your ticket. And for Pittsburgh, with all of the young pieces gelling on the offensive side of the ball, they get TJ Watt healthy for a full season after missing 10, 11 games last year. Uh, I think they're going to be really well positioned between their schedule and getting a couple critical pieces more in sync in 2023 to be able to make the jump and be a playoff team as well. Yeah, I love the growth from Kenny Pickett during the season last year, the toughness, the clutch gene that he showcased. Year two with the same offensive coordinator, not a big Matt Canada guy, but I think it means something that he gets to continue year over year with the same offensive coordinator with a few reinforcements to the unit. I like Pittsburgh as well to really challenge for one of those uh, playoff spots as a new team in the mix. What about gang green? Got to mention about Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. We talked about that influence, that defense that was top three in seemingly every meaningful defensive statistic as well. But uh, they were close in a lot of football games and and just competent quarterback play probably would have had that team as a playoff team last year. So you'd expect you're going to get competent quarterback play as the floor from Aaron Rodgers. I think that certainly puts them in this conversation as well as uh, there's going to be a lot of turnover in the playoff field. And I think the Jets are as good a bet as any because of all of the talent that they have put in place as they've kind of pushed their chips all in and said, look, we're, we're living for the moment. We've now got 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Let's go get it.
That's going to do it for our playoff conversation. This is just one of seven episodes for the Locked On Ultimate NFL Preview. Head to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts for our other conversations, including who finishes last in each division, what's the national misconception about each team that our hosts don't agree with, and of course, what were the biggest moves made in the offseason. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to your local Locked On show for the best insight on your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.